pray, Father, that I'd preach your word with power and authority. I pray that I'd do it with clarity and conviction that you would move in our midst, that you would draw us. We would not be content <coughs> with loving, serving you 90 minutes on a Sunday every so often. Help us, I pray. Use these moments, I ask in Jesus' wonderful name, and amen. You can be seated. <coughs> you can be seated. We have uh, been working through, working through here. In fact, uh, <coughs> in fact, we've been talking. We've been talking a lot. We've been talking about putting God first. Putting God first. I'm encouraging you. I've got it on your sheet, I believe. Putting God first. Give God first place in your heart. It's hard to say God's got first place in your heart. You don't have any time for him through the week. I mean, it's just hard to do. If you've never asked him to save you from your sins, if you're still, if you're still putting on the air of religion, that's not the case, man. Put God first in your heart. We said a few Wednesday nights ago, integrity of life, that, 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 that matters, what you say you are and how you act. Give God the first moments of every day. Give God the first moments of every day. I understand distraction probably more than most. I, I understand being pulled in different directions, but God, I, I, I can do that. I, I'd hate to stand before God one day and say, Lord, I was too busy doing this and doing that, and I never had any time for you. How many think that'd be an awful thing to do, stand before the Lord like that? Give God the first moments. Give God the first day of every week. Honor the Lord that way. Honor the Lord with your substance, the first part of your income. Make it regular and not optional. I said number five, give God the first option. Give God the first right of refusal. People take jobs, they move, they date people, they do all kinds of things, and they never seek the Lord. Give God the first right of refusal, the first option, the first option in your life. We started this some many messages ago. I suggested to you there were three M's about the people and the place of Ephesus. And man, if you got all these right, I've got, uh, uh, I'll get $20 from Allison and I'll give it to you here. I said there were three M's. I suggested that there was the, the might. They were up to their eyeballs in demonism, spiritism, even so much that the Jewish folks had gotten in on the game. And if you had these particular scrolls, they had the incantations or the prayers that would, that would conscript Jehovah to act on your behalf. They were really and truly, excuse me, I said, I said my magic. They were up to their eyes, as it were, in the power scrolls, in the temple of Artemis, in the demonism, the spiritism. It was a heavy, dark place. They, they were proud of their might. It's the temple. Excuse me, it's the capital. There was so much trade. They were, there were so many who were wealthy. And then there was a third of them, and they were full of misery. There were the haves and the have-nots, and there just wasn't a whole lot in the middle. Between the prostitution, the folks would come and take their daughters in particular, and they would leave them. And if the dogs didn't get them that night, then the clerics and the, and the priests would come out from the temple, and they would take them, and they would raise them in the most unimaginably horrific way, selling them to people who would come in and prostitute these children, and they'd never known anything other than the taskmaster. We tend to think sexual slavery and, and this kind of thing is a new idea, and it's just not. It's, it's old. And you had all these folks, and by the way, and you had some of these folks, many of these people who'd gotten saved. Man, you had a melting pot in the church. Jew, Gentile, used to be this, used to be that, saved out of this. And you had the three M's going on here. You have something interesting in the end of Ephesians. If you read this and if you've, if you've been familiar with the Bible at all, there's no long list of people. True of the matter is he only mentions the one guy. 
There's no, hey, greet this one, greet this one. It's that idea, this and Colossians are just, hey, you read it here and you pass it on. You read it here, pass it on. It's this idea of a circular letter. D. Martin Lloyd-Jones in his six volumes on Ephesians says succinctly, it was a place and it was a time of utter confusion. I suppose that's why I've been so drawn to it because it sure feels like utter confusion in the U.S., amen? feels like utter confusion in the world, doesn't it? And so the message of doctrine, the first three chapters, and duty, the last three chapters, really aligns and it hits with us. So why does this guy get called out at the end? And what's about his final words that are there? Steve Jobs. If I say Steve Jobs, that name ring a bell with anybody? Four of you, five of you? If I say Apple and Steve Jobs, that help anybody else? If I say Apple, Steve Jobs, iPhone, I've still got blank looks from people. And uh, Steve Jobs, whether on purpose or not, is a matter of some legend. But give or take, uh, 03, 04, he was introducing, I think it was the iPod or iPod Mini. And he had them there at the address and presenting the products. And he starts to walk off stage. And he says something to the effect of one more thing or another thing. It became known as the one more thing moment. He would do this often until he became uh, too ill to do it. And he said, what if I could show you a jukebox that fits in the back of your pocket? And the computer industry went wild, and the mainstream media picked it up, and all of a sudden, Apple, with a market share that's still really small, but that's valued more than anyone else, and he has one more thing. Well, that's what he's doing here. He's got just one more thing, one more thing or two I want to give you to help you out. To help you out. So he's going to mention it. If you look there at the name there, Tychicus or Tychus, and I know that's not how it's pronounced. Say, how do I know how it's not pronounced? Well, Brandon, because it's Tau, Upsilon, Chi, <coughs> Iota, Kappa, Omicron, Final Sigma. There's no way in the world that's Tychicus. That's Tychicus. It's probably Tukakos. But if I keep saying Tukakos, you're going to go, well, that's not how it's spelled here. So here's what we're going to do. Because my mind says no, and your Bible, and your English Bible says different, we're just going to call him Ty. Is that okay with everybody? We're just going to call him Ty, all right? So why is Ty mentioned here? Why is Ty mentioned here? If I call him two, if I start saying two, two, some of you are going to walk out going, preacher was crazy today. But uh, why is Ty mentioned here? Well, it's not the only place he's mentioned. It may have escaped your notice, but he's actually mentioned several times in several places, and he's given two appellations here, and in Colossians, he's given a third one. Your Bibles are open. Just go, go over a page or two. Go to Colossians there. I want you to see why he's mentioned. I want you to see why it's important. Colossians 4, verse 7. Colossians 4, verse 7. How many of you are glad that the preacher, preacher can spell? How many of you like that? How many of you don't know if I got it right or not? You just think it's, I said it, I said it with incredible confidence like I got it right. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 7. All my state shall tie, declare unto you as a beloved brother, faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. He continues on. Very similar to what he says here, but he adds one more thing. And he adds about him, and he says, he says, hey, this is important. I want you to know about this guy, about this guy. I've got, I think, three blanks for you. Maybe I'll give you a fourth one here. But he calls him out first. He says, this guy's an invaluable fellow worker. He's an invaluable fellow worker. He has been so good and so helpful to me in the gospel and in ministry. 
I'm arrested. I'm in chains. I'm, I'm in this hired house, and he's still doing the work of the Lord. You can count on him, and he is, he is wonderful. I, if, I don't know if I gave you a blank or not, but anyway, his first thing is he's a convert. This guy is from the Asia Minor, modern Turkey. He's probably been with Paul ever how long now. He has confidence in him. He lets him take an offering. He, he has trust with him about these kind of things. And he's going to come. He's so friendly and so intimate with him. He's going to come and tell you how I'm doing. He's going to come and comfort your heart. He's got financial acumen. He's got integrity of life. And he's got enough, he's got enough emotional intelligence that he's going to come speak to the group and let you know how I'm doing. I got news for you. This is a whole big bag of good stuff and just a little bit of a mention. He, he gives them some titles that are there. Gives them some titles. He is, again, he's mentioned many, or several occasions here. He says, he, says, he says he's a beloved brother. He's a beloved brother. He's a faithful minister, and he's a fellow servant. He's a beloved brother. <clears throat> That's probably about as high as any of, us want, any of us can ever aspire to, by the way, isn't it? This is my brother or sister in Christ. I think danger in church of being isolated and staying strangers is that you never get to use the beloved. And I need to know you. I need to pray for you. I need to care for you. I need to hang out with you. Apparently, I'm not going to be able to play card games with you because Allison called me out. And, uh, but we, we need to do that. I, I've been looking. I've been working on uh, things in quarters uh, for the church and all and, and looking at some different things. And I said, man, we really need to have some fun. We need to have some fun, not that we can just blow off steam. We need to have some fun because we need to learn to love each other. <clears throat> I, need, I need to get 15, 20, 30 men uh, riding, riding in pack, coming late from work, getting there, eating a bologna sandwich, and getting our, getting our ears preached off at the God's Man Conference and having a blast doing it because we need to learn to love each other. He is a beloved brother. This is not a stranger. He is invaluable. Who are you beloved in somebody's life? Who are you going out of your way to get to know? Who would call on you and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm all jammed up and I need you to go do I need you to be my representative for the Lord in this area. He is a beloved brother. He's a beloved brother. He had the great privilege of doing that. He said he was a faithful minister, faithful minister. Some of your Bibles will have a little star asterisk or a note down at the bottom. It's the same word we get deacon from, diakonos. He says he's a faithful servant. He's a minister to me. No matter what I ask him to do, he's willing to do it. Somewhere because of the change, and some of this goes back to World War II, is we, we stopped instead of folks figuring out how I can serve, they wanted to be boss. Let me help you. Let me help you. If you can serve and lead too, man, that's a biblical paradigm. But just wanting to gripe and complain and, and, and be, a, be a power monger, that's nowhere found in the Scripture. What can I do for Jesus? He says he's faithful. He's faithful. Proverbs says like a tooth out of joint, one of Brandon's favorite expressions. Like a tooth out of joint is an unfaithful person. Unfaithful person. It's not just they're full of faith, but they can are dependable. You can count on them. You've got to wonder where they're at. If they're not there and they didn't call something bad wrong, 
How many of you, by the way, that are middle management or management, man, you love to hire people that are faithful? Love to hire people that'll show up. We were checking the hotel at the couple's retreat, and Andre and I, fairly certain, fairly certain that whoever checked us in was self-medicating. Nod your head if you understand what I'm saying. I was saying, we were there, and we said, we said, uh, where are we meeting at? She said, I, I don't know. I said, where are your meeting rooms at? She said, I'm not sure. I said, are we the only group here? I think so. Have you seen where a bunch of people with clothes, uh, with, uh, with good-looking haircuts have gone? And uh, she said, not really. Not really. I said, okay. And I'm sitting there going, I just gave this person my credit card. And uh, how many think I'm going to be checking my statement coming around? Amen. And, uh, and, and, and we're there. We're there. I was glad she was at work. I wish she wouldn't have been bombed out of her gourd. And, uh, and, and, and this is where he said he was faithful. He's a faithful minister. He was willing to help. He's willing to help others. He was doing this because he wanted to be used. But God said he's a fellow servant. Fellow servant. Those of you who like to take notes and all, this is, a, this is a unique expression. Ten times in the Bible. Ten times in the Bible. Matthew gets most of them. Fellow servant, fellow servant, fellow servant came to his master and said, hey, forgive me for all my debt. Then he goes to his other fellow slave and demands, you know, the one that owed millions and the one that Matthew uses a lot. Paul's going to use it a few times, and then John's going to use it in Revelation. He's going to use it typically about angels. They are fellow servants serving the Lord, angels. Paul uses it here. He says, we both have the same job, and we both have the same master. We're to serve the Lord, and he's the one who's in charge. We are fellow slaves. We are fellow servants. One writer said it like this. He said, this showed the humility of Paul. I got news for you. The guy carrying the, guy carrying the message has a different job than the messenger, than the one who wrote the message. And the missionary in jail is different than the guy who brings him a bag of bugles and a Pepsi. You and I know that. What does he say? Here's my fellow servant. You see the humility of Paul. Where, where, where in the world do we get so uppity about things? Where in the world? This is beneath me. This is, he said, humility. And he showed the unity of purpose. Unity of purpose. We are here to do this. Ty would report on Paul's psychological condition. He would relay how things are going legally. He would tell the stories about the soldiers, one to Jesus. See Philippians chapter 1. He would give the news of what Paul had been working on and writing, what the house was like where he lived, about the ministry and the church being started that Paul didn't start in Rome, but he sure was enjoying adding to it. He would relay all this, and it would turn into more for the people to pray for. We've swerved into it. We swerved into it. We did it during COVID and all. But, man, I love it. I love right now that I know this. I, uh, Jim sent me a message this week, and he talked about how he shared his testimony at the Thursday afternoon dinner with the boys or lunch with the boys. And he shared his testimony, and some of them came to Christ. He said, we're about to have a baptism. He'll let me know if I can make it to Greenville because it wouldn't be anything better to me to go up there and see a bunch of young men who've been in all kind of trouble, maybe orphaned and all this, come to Christ and confess them and go follow the Lord and believers' baptism. You absolutely believe I drive up there for that. 
He's going to share it with you. Share it with you. I like prayer letters. I like email. I, I, I mean, it's something, you know, Jim flipped the camera around and shows us this. Tells us what's going on. We've been able to pray for Shannon Little's mother who just, just a catastrophic illness. She's on the mend. She, Shannon called a flight, didn't sleep for two days, was able to get back because you guys helped fund her account. She was able to front the money and get the plane ticket back from Japan. We get to do that. He says he is a faithful minister. He is a fellow servant. He gets to do this. He got to help them too because, man, they cared. They cared. I think one of the signs that we're desperately in need of revival is we talk about each other with, with acid on our tongue. You ever catch that? You ever catch that? You ever hear Christians talk about other Christians? I mean, like they're the worst people ever. <clears throat> he says he's going to come. He's going to tell you. He's going to give you, tell you about my affairs. Verse 22, and he's going to comfort, comfort your hearts. Comfort your hearts. Why? <laughs> because Paul is trying to go to Spain. He was going to try and talk to the Huns and the Goths and the Vandals. He was going to try and make it to the islands of Britain. With all this going, he still had his sights on the regions beyond. He said, man, he is an important, important. He said, he's an important fellow laborer. He's important. And then he's got some important final words. You still with me? Do you ever think you'd hear the word final in Ephesians? Important final words. If you're still with me, say amen. He's got a few of them here. He says, first off, it's peace. You go to verse 23. Peace be to the brethren. Peace is mentioned, give or take, eight times. Peace is the Hebrew salutation. Verse chapter 1, verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Chapter 2, verse 14, Christ, that is, He is our peace, who has made both one. Verse 15, through His death, He has made two of one new man, so making peace. Ephesians 2, 17, He came and preached peace to you who are afar off. Chapter 6, verse 15, your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Peace is so important. You can't have peace without Jesus. You can't have peace without the gospel. You can't have peace. By the way, we're to be peacemakers, not because we're compromised, but because we're evangelists. As we introduce people to Christ, man, there's peace come over their life. Peace come over their life. <clears throat> years and years ago, uh, I was out. I uh, usually did visiting on Monday night for me, and, uh, and so I was out. I think, I think it was... a. Uh, I think it was a it was a cold. I think it was winter because it was really dark by the time I got there. I was visiting a young lady. She was a cousin of girls in our youth ministry, <coughs> and man, she was in a mess. Her her cousin was in a mess, and uh, and, and I went up. I wasn't sure I was at the right place. It was a little bit of gravel that turned into a whole lot of mud. I walked up uh, steps outside the trailer were rickety, and I got there and I knocked on the door and he yelled, "Come in! Be careful!" <clears throat> and I said, well, they couldn't have seen me. This is way before there's any cameras or anything like that. And I, and I stepped in. There was about two foot, two foot that was okay, and then there was a hole there in the floor. And that was the be careful. She said, who the blank are you? I said, I'm Rodney. I'm over here at the church. And I called her name. I didn't know. Daughter, mother. I didn't know who it was. Sister. Came, and she didn't believe me. I said, came with, and I called the cousin's name. She said, oh, yeah, I heard she was going to church. I said, are you one of those? And she called, are you one of those PTL preachers? I said, no, ma'am, my hair won't do that. And uh, she left. She said, that's funny. Sit down. I looked, and the cat had been using the couch for a litter box. And I said, 
okay? And whatever the smallest amount of sitting on the couch I could do is what I was doing. I did about a 15-minute squat is what I did, tightening up the hamstring. See, why do you know it was a cat litter box? Because in about three or four minutes, the cat came out of the hole from underneath the trailer. I did the only thing I knew to do. Tried to talk to him, tried to suppress my gag reflex. Strange what was going on. Mom was obviously, obviously been drinking. Daughter finally came out, pretty embarrassed that I'd seen where she lived. Talked to him some more. <coughs> Dad or the boyfriend came through. lady and her husband in our church the lady had gotten saved the husband had rededicated his life it was the iceberg shift in their whole generation I would find out that the dad was going to go off to prison and I lost track of everybody we'd witnessed I was through there a few years later. I was preaching a revival. They put it out that I'd come back to town, and, and, and I, I guess somebody had me a message, call this number, so-and-so wants to talk to you. And I called, and it was this grandmother. And she started just rattling off all this stuff. And I'm, whoa, 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 whoa. She said, she said, are you anywhere near? I said, yes. She said, here's the address. And I went by there. They insisted I go by. I went by there. Not only, not only was the driveway fixed, but the stairs were fixed. Not only that, but when I got in there, they'd fixed the hole in the floor, and they'd gotten a new couch. Amen. She said, I'm so sorry. My husband met you. I said, I thought he was in prison. He said, he... He, he was in prison. He got saved. Grandma kept working on him. Her mom kept working on him. Kept working on him. Dad kept working on him. He got saved. He'd been baptized. We're going down here. There's a little local church little, real close to their house. We've been going here. He's out. He's going to hate that he missed you. And they had pictures on the wall, and they had scripture and stuff like that. And everything was clean, and their daughter to come to Jesus, and all these kind of things. And I said, well, things look different. She said, yeah, we've got peace. If you think peace is only for poor people whose lives are in a mess, I got news for it. You can have six digits in the bank account and not have any peace. Peace. Grace. Grace. Grace for the, the Gentile. Salutation. Twelve times, give or take in the scriptures. Probably the most famous. Ephesians 2 8, that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god ephesians 3 verse 8 unto me who is the least of all the saints is this grace given that i should preach ephesians 4 7 every one of us is given grace in our house the 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 things for relationships ephesians 4 29 let no corrupt or evil communication come out of your mouth that which is good to the use of building up edifying that it may minister Grace unto the hearers. He says, love. Love with faith over and over. We see love 19 times 
in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 2. And walk in love. Ephesians 4, 15, speak the truth in love. Verse, chapter 3, verse 19, know the love of Christ. Ephesians 3, 17, being rooted and grounded in love. And then one of my favorites, Ephesians 2, 4, God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us. He's just hitting the greatest hits, isn't he? Grace, peace, love. And he bundles it. Because here's what we do. Here's how silly we are in 2023. We turn love into sentimentality. You still with me? <clears throat> now, all we need is Jesus. No, not, not lowercase j, Jesus. Not Jesus spelled with fuzzy words. Not the idol Jesus. Because that's not even what he says here. What does he say? He says, the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you didn't catch it then, he says it again. The Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know we need to be verbose and wordy just to be verbose and wordy, but we do a lot better than we just, you just need to love Jesus. Love Jesus. That, that's fine if you have every idea what we're talking about. But we're talking about the Christ of the Scriptures. We're talking about the one who was born of a virgin. We're talking about the holy God who will one day judge and adjudicate all of eternity, the one who is high and lifted up, that one who is the sovereign, who is the Lord, who is the promised Messiah, the Christ. That is the one you and I are to love, and that is bundled with faith. It is not sentimentality. It is sacred. It is not just an add-on. We are to be full of love that's characterized by obedient faith. These are great final words. He says, God the Father. He says, Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> you don't get to say God the Father unless you're willing to say the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all God's children. Nope. We're all the devil's children. That's what Jesus said. You're all of your father, the devil. Say, man, that's mean. That's mean. I didn't write it. I'm just relaying it to you. I used to, used to remind folks, the only thing between you and any evil is the sanctifying influence of the Scripture and the restraining influence of the Holy Spirit. You are capable of anything apart from those two things. Well, I'm better than everybody else. Time, opportunity messes with so many the father god the father knows what he doesn't say there what he doesn't say john phillips picked pick this out i caught this last week he says notice what he doesn't say he doesn't emphasize god as judge though he is he doesn't emphasize him as creator though he is or as holy though he is he doesn't focus on the holy spirit he does that earlier in chapter six but he reminds us that he is the relational God that we get to know by Jesus Christ, the Son. We are not all believers. We are not all going to heaven. The only ones who make that claim are the ones who have understood that it's by the Lord Jesus Christ. He is ours. And he flips it there. He flips it. He says, the, verse 23, verse 24, if you look there, our. Anybody, anybody have fun at gift-giving time, birthdays, anniversaries, uh, uh, Christmas? My, my children, when they're not accusing me of cheating, uh, board games and things like that. <laughs> my children say from somewhere around November to the end of December, I don't tell the truth about, about gift-giving. Gift giving. Um, I think that's a little, a little strong. It's not entirely accurate. And, uh, and, and so, so we do this. Andre and I, the budgeting program software we use, we, we put things in there like, uh, you know, for the payee and the, and the memo line, we put things in there like none of your 
and then the, the memo of business. And uh, none of your business. And uh, so that's how we, we keep things. This year, I, this year, Andrea's big gift I put in the stocking. So it was like the last thing she got out. And it was in the place where she wouldn't have expected it. I don't know what I'm going to do next year. Hide it on the couch, I reckon. I don't know. But anyway, so, so she's there and doing this. And I'm, I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty jazzed because she thinks she's got the big gift. But big gift's in there. And she pulls it out. Anyway, and, I, and I'm there. If you're not real careful, you zip right past here. You are rich because he is our Lord Jesus Christ. You are wealthy because he is our Lord Jesus Christ. He matters because we mattered, or excuse me, we mattered to him. We matter to him. He is the master. He is the, our mediator. He is Lord and Christ. He is the almighty God. And he adds something there. He says, make sure you do it in sincerity. Do it in sincerity. If you're there and you got your Bibles open, you can circle that word sincerity. It just simply means it means it means without corruption. <clears throat> Last two three years, for a few reasons, I'm, I've gotten to drinking. I've gotten to drinking uh, tea, uh, tea uh, usually decaffeinated tea. I, I drink I drink enough hot tea. Excuse me, hot tea rather. Hot tea. Uh, I have a couple of different ways of. Uh, of having it served we, we bought a, a fast perk kettle and, <coughs> and, we, and we got a couple things and, and, and both of them both of them have a have a, have a, a strainer um, that are that's in there and the tea can sit in there and then you pull it out and and one in particular is a fine mesh kind of thing it's just a whole setup just a cup and and it's almost like a cork lid and, and, uh, and it's nice helpful helpful particularly at night my throat's really really not doing well and uh, and, it, and it keeps keeps anything that might have gotten out of the bag from getting in the cup in fact I've even gotten the mannerisms down pull the bag and press it to the side and and uh, then tap 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 let it and then the lid actually flips over and you can set the you set the tea bag and stuff inside the lid and it's all kind of self-contained I don't make a mess as often as I used to it's, it's that word there. Don't let your vanilla and your chocolate swirl. Make, make sure that you wash your vegetables so there's no grit. Make sure you don't get all the tea leaves in the tea. Make sure, we would almost say, there's not hypocrisy, secret, hidden sin while you're putting on this big front. You say all this, you say he is your Lord, not with sentimentality, and certainly, certainly not with veiled corruption. It's clean, it's pure. Those of us that a certain age grew up checking pasta, cereals, rice, for unwanted and unwelcome guests, Many parts of the world still rinse and wash rice to make sure there are no fine pebbles in there. All of these are the same picture. Make sure that there's nothing between you and the Savior. Our love should be pure.
our love should be pure. I'm done. It's on the screen. I'm done. Look with me. I understand your work for God matters. Everybody in here can be a tie. Everybody in here can be faithful. Everybody in here can do, serve, whatever way. Number two, remember, you can do love for God through the mouth. <coughs> whether it's Greenville or Seizia, whether it's, whether it's the uh, caches over in Bulgaria, we can, we can do that. And then understand, understand, only through Jesus can we call God our Father. That's it. That's it. Only through Him. Only through Him. An invaluable fellow labor. Really, really important final words. Would you pray with me right now? Maybe you just want to come love Jesus this morning. Maybe you need to come because things have gotten in your life that are sinful and wrong, and God's dealing with you. Maybe you want to come, you want to pray for revival. Pray for it in your country, pray for it in the county, pray for it in our church. Maybe you want to come, just talk to God, thank Him. Thank you for what He's taught you. Maybe some of the messages intersected. Maybe you just want to come and say, Lord, I'm not going to sit back and watch this thing go by. If I can help, if I can pull, if I can push, man, I want to do that. I want to be like Ty. I want to be faithful. I want to be serving.